Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Hello, everybody. Another Tuesday, another episode of Frizz and the Grizz. D, what's good, buddy? Hey, man, what is really good? Chilling, man, chilling, man, chilling, man. What a week. What a week for you, huh? What a week for what you. A week for God, me. Not, not as exciting over here, but what's good with you, man? How's everything been? Good. I survived Las Vegas. I'm still alive. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm not sick. I feel like when you go to that city, you should come back with some sort of disease, whether mm. it be like a cold or something you can't get rid of for life. But yeah, no, nah, I feel great, man. I'm still trying to adjust to the time zone difference uh, a little bit, but it w- it's been fun. It was fun. Farthest, I think, out west and a little um, foreshadowing when it comes to the Frizzes 5, because we will be bringing that back for you guys today, uh, was Denver. Is that the same um, time zone as Vegas? No, that's mountain time zone. I know that one for a fact, because Denver Mountains. Okay. Uh, Vegas is actually the Pacific time zone. I think that's the correct term for it. The farthest. Uh, so three west. hours. Yeah. Yeah, it was good though, man. Uh, it's weird watching sports. I was telling you before the podcast, I was trying to follow the playoffs, and I we're going to talk a little about a lot of basketball today. I will preface the show by saying that uh, a lot of NBA playoff stuff, but it's hard following the basketball games on the West Coast, at least for someone who lives on the East Coast, because I expect you know I eat dinner, uh, I'm like clean up dinner. I can throw on the seven thirty game, whether it's Celtics or the Heat, right? I throw them on mm-hmm. as I'm cleaning up dinner. On the West Coast, man, it's like. Bro, I'm just like getting into finishing like, lunch. Yeah, and the games start, <laughs> and the games are all done by nine thirty. Like the night games are done, so it's, it's weird. We were we were talking about that, and I know that it's at least for me. I don't know if I could do it when it comes to football season because like you're the one o'clock kickoffs, like you're starting that at like eleven, like ten o'clock, like that's ten o'clock. Yeah, I'm just rolling out of bed. You know what I'm saying? Like on Sunday morning, like I'm trying to like that's the day that I if I'm gonna relax the most. <laughs> it's like you wake up and damn football's already on. At least it's one day though, right? If you're if you're a fan of baseball or uh, you know you watch every basketball game, it's tough, man. Yeah, you were talking about that for your fantasy lineup. Yeah, the the East Coast day game starting at freaking you know ten. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. Uh, West Coast time. It's it's a rough rough go at it. But Vegas was fun, man. Survived it. Uh, I will say this. You know, people say you only need a couple of days in Las Vegas. And I liked I had fun in Las Vegas. It, it's a fun city. Um, I could spend more time there, but my wallet could not spend more time. <laughs> yeah, haven't been, have not been. But I, I've, I've heard the same where a lot of people have said, you can't go there for like a week. It's got to be like a three to four day type of thing and then just get in and get out. Well, the thing is like the whole city of Las Vegas is built to take your money. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying casinos because obviously like casinos are there to steal your money. But once you're in Vegas on the strip, right? Every place you go to eat is super expensive. Every drink you buy is super expensive. Every this, every that, everything's super expensive. So there's just no escaping spending your money. I will say this, so you know what was fun? Is we uh we bought those big ass slushy drinks full of alcohol, <laughs> and we walked the. I mean, you got to do it. Right? You walk the Vegas Strip just drinking uh, slushy alcohols, getting drunk at like yep. noon on a on a Thursday. That's the way to do it. Miami Beach is the last time that we did that. Um, as a couple, me and the missus, we went to Miami Beach or South Beach for Memorial Day weekend like four or five years ago. It was crazy. I've never been. I hope that's on your your potential five later. But I that you know what's funny is for my. 
third anniversary, I want to say. It was the third or second anniversary. Uh, my second anniversary, me and my wife had purchased tickets to go to Miami, spend, spend mm-hmm. the weekend. Um, that was back in February of 2020. And you know how that turned out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that money never got back to me. Fucking mm. airlines. Uh, but yeah, Vegas was fun. I will say this too. Uh, definitely, speaking of those slushy drinks, they definitely ripped me off. I'm pissed about that. I'm not I'm not like a heavyweight drinker, man. Like, you know, I have my one white claw during this podcast and I'm like pressing every button wrong all over the place. Uh, my man's like, all right, you buy this $37 drink for $37. It gets three shots and I'm like, that's a ripoff, but whatever. Like it's Vegas. <laughs> like that's, that's the going right in Vegas. I sucked that thing down in 20 minutes. Not even right. And like, it was supposed to be like three big ass shots. I didn't feel Nothing. shit. I'm like, this is that. There, there was water. You just, you just fed me water, man. Mm-hmm. That's some bullshit. Worst, oh. man. Tourist trap. I know we're just rambling on about Las Vegas, which is fine. Okay, man. That's what it is. I mean, we've got the next hour to talk about sports. I have a story for you. Okay. Well, a couple stories, Mm. but this one will be very interesting because I thought about you immediately. Oh, boy. On Friday night, I I happened to like a friend of mine happened to be in Vegas that the same exact time I like shot a picture to a group text and he's like, yo, I'm in Vegas. Come meet up. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, So we meet up and I'm there in Vegas for my wife's anniversary, me and my wife's anniversary. So like I'm supposed to be spending time with her. He's like, hey, my buddy's a DJ. You know, I can get us into this club for free. Like whatever, like they have a DJ, whatever. I'm like, uh, all right, well, let me see what Emily wants to see my wife. She's like, I'm not really feeling like the club scene. Like, you know, we're pretty tired at this point. It's like 11 o'clock on Friday. And I know it's only 11 o'clock, but you know, if you're on the East Coast, it's like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I ended up by saying, you know, we're good. We're not going to go to the club. That's fine. He's like, all right, I'll tell my buddy like that. We're not going to take his offer or whatever. So he sends the text. And then 20 minutes later, like I happened to be like, yo, so like, you know, I, I was like, I, I didn't feel like going to the club and seeing some random ass DJ. And he's like, yeah, it's just some dude, um, Timmy trumpet. I'm like, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> That's our guy. Damn. I, I was so pissed afterwards. I'm like, oh my God, dude, that's me and D's guy with the I would have lost it if you sent me a video of that. That's like, what I I'm saying, dude. It. That's our guy, man. So yeah, he was the DJ. He was DJ in that club that night. And I was like, ah. And you fumbled the bag, man. I fumbled Terrible. the bag. I fumbled Only in Vegas bag. once. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is the saddest place in Vegas is the infamous casino uh, casinos the slot machines at the airport have you heard of the slot machines at the airport no if you ever go to las vegas as soon as you get off the plane they have slot machines those are somewhat sad because if you've been spending all your money all weekend in vegas and you happen to just need a slot machine when you're leaving that's sad but there's a special place in hell that has this section of slot machines (laughs) it's in a glass case probably like 20 feet long by five feet wide full of slot machines. And it's the smoking section. Smokers row. Oh, bro. It's just, it's just like small. It's just, yeah, yeah, just a sea of smoke in there. People just have lost thousands of dollars chain smoking at the airport, just breathing in secondhand smoke. The most disgusting place in the earth. Well, that, yeah, I mean, it won't be me. Won't be me. Tell you that one. Mm. Las Vegas, baby.
So like, as we said, we're going to do a lot of NBA stuff. I'm going to be honest, like it's, it was kind of tough for me uh, to watch all the games this week. I, I followed a lot of it. Um, I actually really couldn't do like gambling on sports, so I didn't really follow it out there because mm-hmm. they don't, you can't do the apps in Vegas, which is kind of sucks. Um, but I think the best way to, to approach this, it says NBA playoffs right now, but I think we want to start with talking about this. Yes. Um, and if you're not watching live or on stream, uh, it's NBA, the most vulnerable team. And we were thinking, okay, we have right now four series. Granted, if you're listening on podcast, uh, there's going to be two games that have already played. The Celtics, 76ers, and the nu- uh, Nuggets and Suns. Are the, those is the Nuggets Suns tonight? Uh, yes, game two of 10. So we're going to forget like that ever happened. These games happen. We're going to take a perspective of this morning. We have two teams that are up 3-1, right? The Lakers are up on the Warriors, um, and the Heat are up again, up on the Knicks. Two games, two series tied 2-2. Celtics, 76ers, Suns, Nuggets. And of the teams with the advantageous position, so a team that's up 3-1, so Lakers, Heat, or a team that's 2-2 two and two but have two more home games, so that's kind of like a nice advantage. So mm-hmm. that would be the Celtics and... The Nuggets, I was curious, like, in your opinion, D, what is the most vulnerable of those teams to potentially lose the series? And I was shocked when I heard your answer before the yes. show. Yes, so off-air, obviously, we kind of hinted it, but I didn't want to give away, like, all yeah. the details for it. Um, I think the team that is still most vulnerable for losing the series is the Lakers. Um, being a Laker fan, obviously, like, you you, you see and you watch, and I think they're they're playing incredibly well. I also don't think that they've gotten Golden State's best yet. And you can't underestimate, I would say, the heart of a champion. But they're the champs until they ain't the champs no more, as Shaq once said in the past. And you have to you have to keep your foot on their neck. I've heard, you know, some talking heads today, which is, you know, it has me nervous about it that LA may look to sit people or not play as That's much. That's stupid, man. They ain't going to yes, do that. I know that. I'm just saying people that are close with the team that are able to say these types of things, it's just a little unnerving because it's like you can't do that. You you got to take this as if you're down 3-1. So I don't want them to take their foot off the gas. And if they do and they allow them to, you know, to we've seen Golden State come back from 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals before against Houston. So, like, I, this is a big game for them. At home to close out the series. I have a question. So who who actually said Sorry, that? What what talking head was it like Stephen A. Smith or some shit? No, it was on first take, but it wasn't <laughs> legs. It was another guy that like you know was a part of like the L. A. Commu- you know, L. A. Times, something like that. Some dude that like reports on. He's like, hey, okay. reports out there just saying that we might you know see some some guys just not not be full force in game games game six. Or game five, like we might see them, you know, take a take a little bit of a step back so that they can be healthy to close it out on games game six. I, I'd be surprised if that was the philosophy, especially because it, it's up. looked like it seemed like LeBron has been going for kill shots uh, in these playoffs so far. You know, they 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 wanted to put out the Memphis Grizzlies early on. Um, and I, I don't think knowing LeBron's history with Steph that he would kind of take his foot off the gas and let the team do that. I will say this, though, and you you kind of saw this in the Memphis series with LeBron and AD. When they start trailing, like, by seven, like, not seven, but, like, 13, 15 points in the early fourth quarter, you kind of see 
LeBron throwing the white flag is like this is Startled probably down. yeah he's trying to conserve some energy for the next game be like this probably ain't going to happen maybe that's the scenario like if they find themselves down uh you know with the Warriors going like a 15 to 3 run just clay goes nuclear or something in the late third early fourth maybe they throw in the white towel but I, I don't think they would actually purposely sit guys for the whole game I'm surprised you picked the Lakers like for me I know this is not like a hot take I probably feel the third most confidence in the Lakers out of all the other teams because Obviously, you're up three one. You, you have mean, like cushion. the second best chance to close out. Is that what you're saying? If I'm flipping that, yeah. Like, uh, okay. like I'm going to say this. Like the Heat a- absolutely have the best chance of closing out. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows with these playoffs? <laughs> I still don't think the Heat are any good. Like, uh, if they win the championship this year, I'll still be like, they suck, <laughs> dead ass. But at least you're consistent. I'll give you that. I, I mean, I dude, I watched 82 games and I saw how bad the Heat were all season, and they turned they've turned into a juggernaut in the playoffs. It's insane. Um, but like I said, they're up three one. I I feel I actually feel the least confident in the Nuggets. Right, I still feel decent about that, but listen, they I know it took a like a nuclear effort from KD in Booker to even this up at two and two, but it, it feels like the Suns have found something right after they went down. Oh, two, um, they decide we're going to just play shooters. We're going to just, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. And they mm-hmm. purposely put guys like Terrence Ross out on the floor, Landry Shamit, and just, uh, you know, went straight for shooting. And it, I think they may have found something here. And, you know, when Chris Paul went out, they kind of, you know, everyone thought the Suns were dead in the water, but they're low key kind of better without Chris Paul because he is a bit of a liability on the defensive side because of mm-hmm. his height. Um, and, you know, the the Nuggets coming into the playoffs. Yeah, they, they took care of business in the first round versus the Timberwolves to nobody's surprise. We were all kind of surprised when they went up 2-0, but before the playoffs, Dude, this team was bad. I don't know if you remember the last month of the season where they were just kind of sleepwalking and losing to the Rockets and and bad teams. I'm not totally convinced the Nuggets are fixed. And if if the Suns are willing to keep making changes and adapting, I'm I'm not like they got KD man. Like I'm not I'm not convinced they're dead. Like I think they have a legitimate shot at taking down the Nuggets. Yeah, I think that combo is really hot right now. And teams that we're seeing in, in Miami right now, a player that's consistently staying hot in Jimmy Butler, you have one of the you know world's greatest players in the history of the game, top 75 player of all time, and Kevin Durant, who's playing like second fiddle to a guy Dude. that's getting comped up there to you know Michael Jordan. Not saying that he's Michael Jordan, but like the things that he's doing haven't been done since Michael Jordan. And he's like 35, 7, and 6. Booker was a point guard. And a lot of people forget about this. Booker was a de facto point guard at Kentucky. And he transitioned more into the two-guard like swing player when he got to the NBA 
because his playmaking was just like it was it was good enough to get you by, but he wasn't like a Chris Paul point guard. So he's he still has that ability, and we're seeing that where he's bringing the ball up, he's running the he's running the offense, and if he's like you know what I'm gonna get a bucket, everybody just gets out of his way and he does it. Like he's he had some like ridiculous number of the first player in like 30 years to drop 35 points off of 70 percent shooting. Like that's video game numbers, and he's he's showing that he's one of the top two guards in the NBA because of it. There was a there was a shot I remember watching the uh, game four between the Nuggets and Suns, and the ball gets kicked to Booker out, kicked out to Booker, and there are legitimately two dudes guard like there to double team him, and he's just like, eh, screw it, I'm gonna take the <laughs> shot, and they they play defense, wasn't it? They were just there, like they had the hands up, and he just he drained it. He's playing at like this ungodly level outside of outside of playoff Jimmy Devin Booker has been the best player in these playoffs his bubble it's it's the same way that he played when they were in the bubble and like he was unbelievable granted they you know they they ran into the Lakers to to get kicked to get knocked off but like he was doing this in the bubble we saw him and and you know the likes of um the guard for the Nuggets the the kid that Jamal just came Murray. off an injury yeah we saw them like like tur- like turn the leaf into being a all-star player into an all NBA player. And Devin Booker has shown, you know, he's putting the team on his back while having Kevin Durant on his team, which is crazy. Yeah. Like I was kind of talking myself out of the Suns being having a chance to upset the Nuggets as I was going through my point. Cause the only thing I would say to counter this, and I'm gonna counter my own point, is that it did take an extraordinary effort from Booker and it took an extraordinary effort from KD to just win the game. Whereas when Denver was at home, they just kind of rolled over the Suns, right? Mm -hmm. So can the Suns reproduce what they did in game three and four? Absolutely. But they need to be like a plus plus game every night to have a chance. Whereas the Nuggets won two games pretty easily in this series. And I feel the same way about the Celtics. I know this is like a transition, but like I feel the same way about the Celtics 76ers where I, I think the Celtics are by far the, the probably the best team left in the playoffs. Like as yeah. far as their talent, talent wise, they just shoot themselves in the foot. Um, but like just before we get to that point, and I'll let you, I know you want to jump on that. The 76ers won two games so far. And granted, they're playing right now, so by the time you listen to podcast, they might have won three or the Celtics might have won three, whatever. The games that the 76ers won, they squeaked by. And they had to have crazy efforts from James Harden. And the second, the, the game four, um, Joel Embiid had a pretty good game. to get like 27 or something like that. But they had to have an extraordinary effort to just squeeze out two wins where the Celtics, when they did win... It was pretty easy. I think one was by like 20-something, and that one was, was 10. The Celtics should win. Like They are by far the better team in the series. They've put up more points comparatively, but they're just, they just can't close out, man, and execute. I think, and we can roll into the Eastern Conference matchups if you want to just keep talking about it. Um, I think it was put t- together earlier today, as in we keep saying the Celtics are a better team. The Celtics are a better team. They're better than what they're playing like. But they really haven't been for the past like month. And I know I talked about it off off air when I was talking about the the Hawk series. And that that kind of showed a little bit of a flaw that they might have. And a lot of their regular season matchups that also showed where if and when they were to hit adversity, 
Missoula is not the guy that's going to help coach them out of it. And blowing leads against teams that they shouldn't be blowing leads on, having a series go five or six against Atlanta, you know what I mean? Like, other than, you know, Trey Young, they literally had no one. Like, DeJounte Murray was yeah. a shell of himself. And it was just Trey Young. And that, that series got stretched to six. And they're doing the, it's carrying over into this series where jo- Joel Embiid was hurt. He was literally gone for a game, not even just like in injured. He was out and they lost. And they let James Harden, like vintage James Harden for Houston, you know, a la 2015, come back out. And like they're doing the same thing in, in game five right now. And it's like they're, they are, they are, they are inept when it comes to playing defense at the right time even though they have one of the better defensive teams in the NBA and they play down to the level of their competition way too much. Well, I'm glad you bring up the defensive thing because I will say like Al Horford's done a phenomenal job on Embiid. I think in game four... A hobbled Embiid. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, but like, you know, just gotta give props where props are due. Like in game four, I think he had three three blocks in the fourth quarter on Embiid. Mm -hmm. Like he was eating his lunch. Um, But the one thing, you know, I'm curious about is that you say that they are one of the better defensive teams. And, you know, if you look back to last year, the guy everyone was talking about and the guy who we thought if he was healthy in the playoffs last year, they could have won the championship. Robert Williams, right? He's mm-hmm. He is one of the better defenders in the NBA. I know he didn't make an all-defensive team this year. You know, I did some, some math uh, from the previous four games. I think he averaged about 20 points a game, so less than half the minutes. And then I'm looking at the box score right now. It's an Did you say 20 point. points a game or 20 minutes a My game? My apologies. Thanks for the... I was like, game. he's scoring 20, 20 for Rob? The Celtics <laughs> would love that. Uh, no, he, he was averaging about 20 minutes a game. And then if you look right now, it's a halftime, and he has nine minutes. So, you know, the minutes with Rob are super, super low. Uh, you know, I'm I'm guessing they're not, they're not keeping him out just because they don't like Rob. I think there's a matchup issue, and the 76ers are kind of exploiting that. Um, I don't think they want and beat Rob on Embiid, just size-wise. And then they, if you play Al and Rob, you're at a pretty big disadvantage if they put Very shooters. Slow. Yeah, and that was, so that's what they did. They put shooters out around Embiid and, and kind of played Rob off the floor. Um, so, that you know, shout-out to, to Doc. He's kind of neutralized that, but, you know, not having Rob has, has been a huge detriment to the Celtics defensively, at least. Yeah, and I mean, we, I know we talked about it a very long time ago, and I've, I've got some some chats, that, you know, from some New England sports fans that are saying that like he's the difference maker, and I I, I said the same point. I was like, you as much as he might be, you know, a, a defensive stopper, you can't just plop him into any lineup and just be like, oh, he's just gonna stop everyone because you're gonna come across bigs that can shoot, a la John Collins when they were at Atlanta. He can stretch the floor. Right. Joel Embiid, now in Philly, he can stretch the floor. They win this series. Do I think Bam can stretch? No. So that is a good matchup that helps the Celtics. Or, you know, if they, they the Knicks come back, I don't think Mitchell Robinson is stretching the floor either. Uh-huh. But, like, it, in the matchups that, they're, that they've been given, he's not a just plug-and-play type of player because – the coaches will see that. The opposing coaches will see that. Like, why don't we just get him out of the paint because we have a big that can shoot. Right. And now, now, like you were saying, like they have to make a decision. Do you put Rob and Al on the court at the same time? You can't do that because that limits not only just your defense, but that limits your offense significantly. The thing that sucks is like this Celtics team this year, the way they've played, they're far 
less competent compared to last year. They were much better. Maybe, I don't want to say talent wise because it's essentially the same roster, but just like the competency. What's that? What's the why give me the win horse? Why is that? Why, why is that? Yeah, is I mean, that? it's it's obviously Udoka. He he had them in in line. This team reminds me a lot of the teams that were coached by Brad Stevens, where they just couldn't get over the hump Hold and they on. couldn't put together. I wish we had the hot take sounder for that because oh my goodness. I need you to repeat that statement because if I would have said that, it would have come off as hate being a Lakers fan, but I need you to say that one more time. I mean, it's not a, I don't think it's a hot take at all. This team is playing a lot like it was under Brad Stevens with uh, Missoula, Missoula, whatever. Oh, I mean, I and I like Brad Stevens. Agree. He's a good coach. That's what I'm saying. I think we we're in agreement that we we like Missoula, and he was kind of the hand appointed or hand picked head coach after the whole Adoka thing went down. But that is a that's well, a stinger for Celtics fans to hear. To be fair to Missoula, too, this is his first time as a head coach, and there there have been some issues as far as calling timeouts, especially in Game Four, um, and kind of being unwilling to make us make some changes in game. So like, you know, with time, you get better at those things, but still like you have a team that's win now. Yes. Right. And you want, like, I know Boston fans and I'm, I'm a magic fan. So like, I'm not lumping myself into this when you're in this position right now, you're like, I, this, we have young Tatum, young Jalen Brown. We could do this like for another five, 10, like five, seven, eight years. Look at the warriors. They had a big window. Man, as soon as you have to pay Jalen Brown that super duper max after he gets all NBA this year, and you have Jason Tatum making super max money, there's not a lot of money to go around. So you're gonna you're gonna lose talent. This might be the best roster they'll ever have with this core. Like this might be the best roster they will have. Period. Going forward, this year. I don't. I don't want to say that like that window is closing, but it's. You know, if it has some springs, it's starting to, you know, lose its value of that, of, you know, the spring holding up. We all have those old ass windows. I mean, I got new ass windows, but a lot of people in New England got some old ass windows. And like, that's, that's all I've been trying to say is like, you, you hit it on the nose. The Celtics are win now. Yeah. This is going on. Well, year six. Is this year five or six with Tatum and Brown? Um, I would probably say like, as those two guys, as the, the alpha dogs together, Four. probably three. Because I want to get rid of the Ky- like the the Kyrie stuff, and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. Um, they were they, they pushed LeBron yeah. to Game Seven again without without Kyrie. without Kyrie. Yeah, I mean you had some other contributors with Hayward, and um, well, he was hurt too. Actually, that that series um, that was the ankle year. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, it's, been, is, it's been four. What five I'm years. saying is, it's going on four or five seasons. Right. How many other? And this may come off as Laker you know, purple teamer and green haters, but how many other people in the league do you give a window of five, six years and say, no, no, we'll just keep going. There's nobody in the league that like it's, it's just Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I get that, but somebody's going to, like you said, somebody's going to want their money and it's going to change the whole team. They have to execute and capitalize now. Right. And I'm not saying like, if they don't win this year, they'll never win again. They could absolutely win next year. That's not a, that's not a thing. But what I'm saying is, this year, you probably have the best chance this year of all the years because you're just going to start losing players and the roster is not going to be as good 
in the future as you have it right now. Like that's that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And then you, I'm have in got, agreement with you. Guys like Al Horford are getting older every year. You know, can't rely on Rob Williams. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, and then you, you got lucky with getting Brogdon and Derek White. I don't know this contract situation with those guys, but it, like those guys are very quality players, and at some point you're going to have to pay both them as well, and you're, you're not going to be able to afford it. So I don't know how we got so sidetracked, but like <laughs> I would be panicking if I were a Celtics fan because not only do you have this is the best roster you'll ever get, but this is the most open it's been for you to win with the Bucks losing in the first round and the Western Conference being kind of like, uh, I don't know who's going to come out. Mm-hmm. The Bucks got taken out. The Cavs got taken out. All of these teams that like they may potentially. I mean, we don't want to go down the rabbit hole of the whole Giannis thing, but like th- those teams, they're going to come back stronger. And if you are losing talent as those teams are getting talent, you know the lo- the the playing field becomes a little bit more level. Um, I think if you if you segue this into the team that they would have to come against. Um, if they win this series, it's it's Miami, and this is this is a thorn in in the Celtics side that they're gonna have to deal with if they if they win and come back in because the, they're down right now. So if they come back in the series and and win, they got to worry about the Heat. And like I, I don't want to spread too much time on the Heat Knicks series because I think that one is done. Yeah, we'll 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 circle back. Let's take a quick break and uh, do the Frizz's five. Gotcha. All right, so this week is kind of inspired by my travelings, D. Uh, let the people know where we're going to rank this week. You want to give us a sounder first before we go off? Uh, sure. I was, I was going to let you like give a little taste and throw it in, but I'll, I'll uh, nah, go reverse order. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. Now that you have your sound, are you, you you sufficiently ready? Yeah, I like my intro, man. Damn, let me be happy to get my intro. We haven't done it a lot in the last couple months, so I like to get introduced. Again, I, normally we're going yelling and, and getting all hyped up, but in the uh, in the events of Trudeau having a nice little vacation last week where my ass was stuck at home, didn't really go anywhere, uh, we're going to talk about top five places that we've visited and for y'all that are in the chat y'all that are listening please feel free to reach out throw your suggestion or just throw your destinations in the chat and then hit us up obviously on facebook tomorrow when you guys are able to listen to this so we can see where y'all been to all right do you get us started go five to one i'm actually creating my list as we talk, as we go through this so <laughs> this is terrible you brought this up and you ain't even got yours Dude, ready there is so much going on behind the scenes it's not even funny Completely understandable. For me, number five, I don't really go too many places, but I think this place was incredible. It was beautiful scenery-wise. It's it's where I became an actual snowboarder. I'm going J Peak, Vermont. I do I do like J Peak. It's it's a good ski mountain uh, close to the Canada border, northern northern Vermont. Uh, good food. Obviously, you have some of the French influence. Poutine you got some good fries, poutine, bro. Uh, great skiing, and they have a water park too, which is kind of fun. 
I think that that in it as a whole, and the big shout outs to Snow Riders. I know we don't got a sponsorship with them, but that was the group that used to that would help hook us all up uh, for some snow riding, snowboarding for three days. But yeah, man, JP Ramon, at least that resort itself was just dope. You know, I'm not about all the like scenery and whatnot, but it was pretty cool being at the top of one of the one of the uh, one of the mountains, and like you look over and it's just Canada, right? Like you it, you're literally just staring at another fucking country while you're sitting on you know on top of a mountain. Uh, the mountain was cool. You know, snowboarding was fun. The atmosphere was dope. And again, I think the water park solidified it. Being able to jump into a you know a big ass pool, water park, play some basketball while after snowboarding all day was actually pretty dope. I like it. Number four, somewhere warm, no, please. Not warm, man. But I loved being out there. And I'm gonna go with Nashville, Tennessee. I've Done. never been, but it hurts a good time. It is. It's a fun time. Was out there twice, both of them for work, but they were both really like relaxed work. Um, I would say trips. It was cool seeing Nissan Stadium. I don't know if it's been, you know, renamed since since I've been there, um, but the stadium was really cool. Just being on the strip uh, in Nashville and being able to get hit literally every bar that they offer. I'm not a live band or live music fan, but every place was live music, so you had to be a fan of it. Uh, there was no DJs. Like one of the places was like the greatest bar where it had like four different floors, but it had different music live band wise on each floor. It was actually really dope. Uh, the barbecue was incredible. Again, the scenery around around town and city was dope. So I, I would definitely put that as a top place that I visited. I dig it. I dig it. Number three. This is where it gets a little bit better, baby. I know I hinted it when we were talking about yours, but it's South Beach, Florida, man. Mm, mm, mm. We were down there for a week and I had so much fun meeting the missus, her sister and her sister's husband. Um, it was dope, man. Like we went down there for Memorial Day weekend and it was hip hop week. Talk about like Anything that you wanted when it comes to the food that was down there, the bars. You said it was a tourist trap when you were in Vegas. Go to South Beach and it's the same. Obviously, the water was incredible. Every place that we went to had incredible music. I'm pretty sure there were some famous people that were down there. We didn't really fuck around with that shit like Rick Ross and whatnot. But like all the shows that we were able to see, I had a tremendous amount of crab legs when I was down there. So I, I absolutely loved it. But I would definitely recommend for y'all to get down to South Beach, Miami. Did you get Florida, some of the uh, that Cuban food, man? That's what I want to get into when I get down. There. I'm pretty sure the amount of food that I ate and the amount of alcohol I drank reminded <laughs> me of going back to college. So like it's 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 a blur. I remember the the the, the sober moments. I don't remember too much else, unfortunately. It's all good. All right, number what are we at? Two. Number two already, and we're going to go way down south, like as south as we possibly can. I'm going Cancun, Mexico. Cancun was dope, work-related, but I was able to go down oh. there again. Go ahead. No, I think I think I saw like a Snapchat of like you were like they had like con free concerts for you down there, some shit. Work related, yeah. So you know, shout out to Power Home Remodeling. Again, no previous employer, no longer there. Um, but every year they bring us down to Cancun, and it was like the 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 Christmas party. Um, but I was able to go down there with the misses, you know, work related. But like they we they usually throw a like concert. And the year that we went there, it was the it was the '90s slash 2000s throwback. It was Nelly, it was Ti, it was Ja Rule, Ashanti. Talk about nostalgic! Like it was dope. And not only that, but like all you can eat, all you can drink, all inclusive resort, pools, beaches. It was just a fun time. 
Two questions. One, did you mm-hmm. get sick from being there? Because like I know you're not supposed to like drink the water down like when you're in Mexico. Bottled water only. Okay. So no, I did not get sick. I think I think Al might have, but that's from drinking the, the alcohol. Yeah, it's the got ice, ice in it. Yeah, 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 so, like, yeah. So you just did bottles like a little Corona. If you, yeah, so no, I mean I still drank my drink, um, but like, <laughs> you you just if you were washing it down or like trying to rehydrate, it just had to be bottled water. Um, and then number two, have you ever done a cruise? I'm just curious. No, I'm like nervous to think about one of those because I know how like nasty them motherfuckers can be. Um, but like I know how dope they also can be at the same time. Yeah, I've never considered a cruise, but like now that I'm getting older with a child, like it kind of sounds nice to just lie down on a deck and like have a margarita and have a buffet like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so we went through four. We're on number one. Let me give you the drum roll. Number one place because it was an incredible week right after the wedding. It's Punta Cana. So you got two out of your top. Your top two are Mexico, right? Uh, Dominican. You were oh, close. Oh, my um, <laughs> No. Uh, yeah. Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic was just absolutely incredible. Uh, went twice. One was with um, friends and, and you know, I was able to go down there, spend a week. Uh, second time was honeymoon. And that was just an incredible time. Both all inclusive. The food that's out there, granted, it's it's resort food, but it was still, you know, incredible to eat the steak, the hibachi, all that that they had. The drinks were were very strong. They don't they do not do light when it comes to your drinks. So anything that you order is incredible. The pool, the you know, the beach, just being pampered, essentially like you were a king and queen. That's that's something that that's I will say dope. is the best place that I've ever been was definitely Punta Cana Dominican. So you have your number one is Punta Cana Dominican. It sounds like you kind of just chilled and like, you know, were pampered. Are you so are you one of those people who when you vacation or holiday, whatever you want to say, I don't know what people in England, they call it the holiday here in Australia. Do you like that holiday? Anywho, uh, <laughs> off topic. But do you like to just kind of relax you in more of an exploring adventurous type? Relax. I'm not for the, the what are they called? Excursions. Nah, yeah. man, miss me with that. I don't want to go see the island because, you know, that's when you go, you get, you, <laughs> you get look taken. at too much. And then all of a sudden you got a pillowcase over your head and you ain't ever going home. You're, so you are nope. going home, but you're going to be missing a kidney. <laughs> yeah. So keep me at the resort. I don't need to go explore nothing about the island. I just want to see a drink in my hand and a steak on my plate. Yo, like, I'm you're, good. You're going to go missing. Al's going to have to call your phone and be like, <laughs> I will find you. Yeah. I will kill you. <laughs> I have a really good set of tools. Yeah. Um, good list. Solid list. All right. I'm going to go through mine really quick. Uh, I was debating where to go with number five. It's kind of a tie. Outside looking in Charleston, South Carolina. Really nice city. Cool city. Uh, I actually put Las Going Vegas. Going there this year. Really? You'll like it. Yeah. They got mm-hmm. really, really good food and stuff. Uh, number five, I actually just went Las Vegas. Just because, uh, I mean, listen, I know I said it was expensive and, and it's <laughs> a cesspool, but I kind of like that cesspool. There's nothing better than being with a bunch of degenerates, smoking a big fat cigar at a, at a roulette <laughs> table and blowing $200. Um, All right, I'm done. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. Yo, speaking of that, I was playing roulette at like 2 in the morning um, on Friday. And I'm smoking my cigar. Some some guy from Arkansas walks up, drops a thousand dollar chip on black, thousand bucks. He hits that motherfucker. I'm like, holy shit! It's two guys. grand, just like that. And guess what that dude does? Puts it back on there. Puts it back on black. <laughs> 
And it's red. And it's red. And he's just like, all right. And he walks Whatever. away. <laughs> like, are you serious? So people like that got money to blow. Either that or they're just so low in life, they don't So care. low in life, man. Um, but I will say this. I want to just really touch on one thing I forgot earlier about Las Vegas. So when we were there, we went to uh, a buffet because you were talking about the food and stuff on the, we're mm -hmm. talking about cruise ships. Um, it was, it's the actually the, the number one rated buffet in the world. It is... $90 a person to get into the buffet for dinner. So it's expensive. But this motherfucker has king crab legs and lobster. I've heard of this. Oh yes. my God. This is, this is why we want to go because <sighs> of that buffet itself. Yes, we went to that buffet. It's a Caesar's Palace. And it is a, pa by the way, Caesar's Palace Casino is a palace, man. That the thing real is. Caesar used to live there? Yes. It's, it's a massive. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, the, the buffet, oh, the buffets there are insane. Also pricey, but you, you got to you try. All right. Number four. The city that never sleeps, New York City. I know it's not that exciting being someone that lives in Boston, um, but it's just it's just an awesome city. Fair enough. I've only been once. I wish I was the, I wish I went there when I was a little bit older. I went when I was eighteen, so I really so couldn't do much anything. stuff to do, man. Uh, number three, uh, people will be surprised, but I love the city. It's fantastic. Uh, in the state of Texas, Austin. Weird, weird city. Um, they just everything about them. They want to be unique and different, and they have the best barbecue food, man. I'm telling you, you will have a heart attack um, from the, how good and fatty that food is. All right, last two foreign, going foreign as well. Uh, number two, Paris, France. Mm. Kind of feels like New York City when you're there, just because it it feels more like an American city. Uh, but it's big, it's bumping, dude. Europeans know how to how to, they don't I don't want to say they don't know how to party but they just don't ever like go like there's Chill. there's like yeah like everyone just like out having a meal at nine o'clock at night drinking on a patio like and walking around like it's just there's just not like hey this is time to relax it's just like now nah, we're just gonna be up all night that's just what we do I like it uh, Paris and the number one Rome Italy again same vibe uh, but it's just like so much rich history there as well. And uh, lots of fun. That's what I was saying, like with the traveling vacation, because when we went on honeymoon, we did uh, Italy and France. And it was more of like you're we're seeing all the sites. We're going to like the Colosseum, the Vatican Museum. We're going to the Louvre. We're going like to everything. So it's like right. completely opposite. Good stuff. Right on. Haven't been across the pond. I know that that's a bucket list thing, but I like the list, man. I get, I like that you went outside of the U.S. for the top two. Because if we you both. just said like Philadelphia or some shit, I've been like, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing here? Philadelphia is on my top five <laughs> places never to go back again. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> All right, let's touch on the Western Conference match. But I know we talked a little bit as far as like confidence in different teams. Uh, I was surprised just you were not as confident as in the Lakers as I would have been. You know, for me, the biggest issue with the Lakers versus the Warriors is that Kevon Looney was an absolute monster in that first series, and he made Sabonis look like an average player. You know, he, mm -hmm. he made all NBA this year. And I don't know what Looney's deal is. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those things where after the playoffs, we're like, oh, Kevon Looney had a broken leg. Like, you know, what I mean? we'll find out later because right. I think it was after game one, was it game two or three? Basically, Steve Kerr was like, oh, he's under the weather. He's not going to start today. And it was like game two. Okay, it was game two. And we're like, that's odd. He's sick. 
came out of nowhere. Right. And he's been sick like the past two games. He's been coming off the bench playing limited minutes every game now. Mm-hmm. And we talked before the series start started that Kevon Looney, his defense and rebounding would be a huge factor in the series because obviously everything's going to run through Anthony Davis if the Lakers are going to be successful. And him not being there, man, like I have huge concerns for the Warriors because like they don't really have a great answer for Anthony Davis right now. They've tried different things. They've tried fronting him with different players. They've tried Draymond on him. But even then, he can just turn around and take a jump shot on Draymond. The, the size yeah. advantage is huge. So I get it. They're the defending champs. They could have some crazy shooting games where Steph puts up 40 points. But I, I just can't see that happening three times in a row uh, it, with this incarnation of the Lakers. And not to mention, man, like, I know I gave you shit like months ago about the Lakers and the trade, but everybody s- did. That's okay. Since that trade, they legit had the, had the best defense in the regular season and they have the best statistical defense in the playoffs right now. So like oh, go ahead, go ahead. it's going well for them. It, it's not a fluke. I, so I try to say it as like, if they get the offense to balance with their defense, they'll be okay. And those pickups, Beasley, D'Lo, uh, Vanderbilt, Mamba, a Bamba and Bamba doesn't play, uh, man. Get out of here. No, I'm saying at the time, I know, right? They I still had, they still had to finish off the regular season. Uh, Rui Hachimura, like they they picked up some some de- decent role players, and those role. Go ahead. No, I was just like you know how you know how you know like uh, if the Celtics are doing well or not. I have a group chat that I I keep on mute. Oh, 55. Oh yeah, people are pissed. 55. Are pissed, when bro. you see 55 texts in the group chat since like eight o'clock, you know the Celtics are playing poorly. Yes, 100%. Uh, my phone is very quiet because they know that I'm the Lakers fan. Yeah. <laughs> that I can't say, if they say shit, they know I'm going to say something back. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, to, to sorry to, back, sorry to cut get you back off. To, uh, no, you're good. Just get back to the uh, the whole defensive thing. We talked about it. We had that cool little spreadsheet where we, saw, where we showed uh, the Lakers were one of the worst offensive efficiency teams in the NBA, but they were like one of the top defensive efficiency teams in the NBA. And I said, it's like, just get to like the middle of the pack, get to the middle of the pack or like top 15, top 10. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, you're going to have a, a top two defense and an, and a really good offense. And that's where they're at now. And they're able to have a 38 year old LeBron James, not have to put up 30, 10 and nine to get a win because you can get, since Looney's not there, we finally saw Kevin. I mean, oh, excuse me, I almost said Kevin Durant. We finally have seen um, Anthony Davis have back-to-back good games. Right. Game one, it was there. Game two, it wasn't. Game three and four, it has been. Game one was against Looney, and he showed up. Game two, Looney played ten minutes, and AD was a shell. Games three and four, with Looney coming off the bench, AD's like, you know what? I have to be the guy to get twenty-five and ten, and he's doing it. Yeah. The the one thing that still scares me with the Lakers is that. We know AD has had a history of being hurt, and I'm like, dog. I don't want. I don't mean. I don't want to cut you it. off. I know, but just think of it this way: every time I'm watching the game, and he falls. I'll I get up and like just like go to the bathroom, go grab the water out of the refrigerator, bad. you know, stretch my back, do one of these. You look down. And I look down, and he's on the ground holding something. I'm like, dog, what the hell? Like, can you just not? Like, just. Every time I look away and come back to look at the screen, this man is on the ground holding something <laughs> or getting up and holding his back. And I'm like, yo, just 
Dude, like, just stay healthy, please. I heard, uh, I heard Bomani Jones talking about that, and being like, maybe, maybe 80s just a dude who just like it hurt. Hurting hurts a little more for AD. Like he's not, he does, he's not physically injured, but like when he lands, he's just like, ooh, that hurts. I don't know if I want to do this. Oh, and he's like, all right, I'm good, I'm good. He shakes it off, he gets back because like every time he falls, he's grabbing something. It scares the shit out of everyone. Uh, but like on a serious note, like you know his history. And we know the playoffs last, I don't know, like a little over a month, right? Like he could stay healthy the whole time and just roll through this. But good God, man, like if you're a Lakers fan, that's like the biggest worry is like something happens because he has that history. But uh, I have to ask you this. Mm -hmm. Rob Palenka, the GM of the Lakers, after seeing what the Lakers have done after the trade, does he deserve GM of the year or worst GM of the year? Because hear me out. Clearly, whatever the hell he had rolling out in the first half of the season was not was just terrible. So that's that's on him for put building that roster out. But then he also fixed it all and made a very balanced roster afterwards. So like, does he deserve praise for making the adjustments or does he deserve criticism for clearly putting out a product that was trash and led to the 13 seed for however many weeks they had the 13 seed? I think it's a split between Palenka and the GM. Lee GM. GM. LeBron James. LeBron put that team together, man. LeBron wanted Russell. He wanted his players. He didn't want to pay Schroeder. Like, like LeBron helped put this team together at the beginning of the season. And then in in retrospect of 2016 or 2015 Cavs, when it was like LeBron, D-Wade, D-Rose, um... There was another veteran that was like off the bench and like they were a terrible team oh, God, in the regular they cut season. Everybody. Yeah, and they were like, This isn't working. Like, we need to get rid of these players. And the you know, the the GM did, and then they rolled into the finals. This is a very similar situation. Granted, with the Russell thing, it it was last year too. So like it just rolled into another year. Uh, but essentially, like they they got it fixed. I'm not gonna give them GM of the year because again, they they start off so bad. I understand the trade deadline is what fixed the team, right. but you can't give it to somebody that that's like saying coach of the year goes to somebody that started off, you know, 20 and 50, but then they finished, you know, 50 and 55. Like, no, bro, you still lost 50 games right. to start yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. You know, you know, the NBA is licking the lips because you don't want to know it. Oh, my. Here we go. I'm going to sit back. I'm not, I'm not actually starting the truth teller segment. Okay. But, uh, you know that they are looking at the Celtics on the eastern side, and they're looking at the Lakers on the west, and you're like, oh, please, God, let this happen, because the ratings would be insane, Celtics-Lakers finals. They would, but Philly has something to say about it. I and know. Like, they're, they, I mean, they're up right now, but I'm just saying, if, it, if the Celtics-Lakers were to make the finals, watch. They're going to see some calls going in the favor of the Celtics, though. Why? So they can get better 18 first? The fix is in to get Celtics Lakers. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Course, uh, no, but on a, on a serious note, speaking on the Lakers, you know, before the the postseason started, there was a lot of buzz about all right, what's going to happen with Kyrie? What's the future, of Kyrie? And everyone has their theories that Kyrie's going to try to find his way in the Lakers. But I'm going to ask you this: like after all we've seen from D'Lo, D'Lo is not a, not the perfect player. He's super streaky. Um, but he does provide that three-point shooting that the Lakers so desperately need. Having them almost one game for being in the Western Conference Finals, 
does the Lakers or do the Lakers re-sign D'Lo and, and go, stick with him long term? Like, is this core right now what you want, or do you still fiddle and try to get that Kyrie or try to get another player? It depends on what they lose to get Kyrie because that money's got to be allocated somewhere. And it's not just the D'Lo for Kyrie swap and you keep Rui, you keep Austin, you keep Beasley, you keep Vanderbilt, you keep, I keep saying Bamba, but I know, you know what I mean by that. Yeah, um, You keep those players. If you do, along with like Alani Walker, who showed up off the bench, obviously, but if you keep those players and it is legit just a one-for-one swap, then yeah. You, you pick up the, the more talented player. If you're losing three of those, two or three of those players to get a Kyrie, it doesn't matter who you have. It doesn't matter if you got three great players, AD, LeBron, and Kyrie. You need somebody off of the bench. And, I mean, KD and, and Booker kind of proved me wrong with that, but they're also a lot younger. They're, they're not yeah. injury prone. You see what I'm saying? They're not missing time. That Kyrie, fifty percent of the season has the last four years. AD, you know, twenty-five to thirty percent the last his whole career. LeBron James going on 39, 40 years old. So like, if the if it's a one for one swap, I like the Kyrie deal. If it's a get Kyrie to lose two to three, you'd have no, to probably to. send maybe that other first round pick that they have, or they'd have to probably send something because D'Lo Kyrie straight up. It, it, it it's not a trade. Kyrie's a, a free trade. agent. Well, you'd have to sign and trade him. Like you're not, you can't sign yeah. him straight up. But you don't have to cap him. So like, I got you, got you. Yep. They, they would have to be a sign and trade. And I think the Dallas Mavericks would want something from the Lakers in that situation. Even if it was like Austin Reeves, like they'd want Which, something. No, you know what I mean. No, and I know people were joking about that because that was the thing at the earlier this season. He's like, nice, you won't man. trade Kyrie Irving for Austin Reeves. It's like he's nice. Yeah, he's good. He's he's he's, right. he's serviceable. He twelve off. Hey, twelve and, and three threes. What we said, twelve what? and three threes is what? a lock every, every goddamn every game. game, man. One three and twelve <laughs> points. He's got you. He's got you. Maybe a couple re, uh, assists as well. Mm-hmm. I can't believe the Celtics are going to lose this fucking game. Dude, this is insane. I know it's hard to keep track of what we're doing when we see this going on. Right I now. I'm so distracted by the score of the Celtics game. I just <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. Although they, they might pull this off, probably not though at this point. Uh, Heat Knicks. Like I don't know how much you want to talk on Heat Knicks. The Knicks are trash. Well, Heat Knicks are definitely the East, but you can do that if you want. I'm sorry. Uh, we Suns. Uh, dude, I, I told you. Celtics this is are, how distracted the you Celtics are. are distracting me. Their their awfulness is distracting me right now. Uh, Suns Nuggets. I think I touched on a little earlier. Like I told you my opinion, you know, it's crazy, man. Cause Jokic put up 50 plus points. Had one of the greatest games I've ever seen him put up and they still lost. I don't know what's going to happen with this series. I, if I had a gun to my head, I I would take the nuggets just because they have, Ooh. just because they have home court in two of the games. But like, I don't feel confident. I think it's like 52%, 48%. Like that's how, Flip 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 flop. I feel about that. I I I can't agree. I can't agree with you. I'm sorry. I, so do you I feel gotta, confident one way? Yeah, not even just confident, but like I'm giving the edge to the Suns because what you just said. Well, the, the series hasn't started before. yet. What's that? The series hasn't even started yet because the home team hasn't lost. Hasn't lost. I hate that. That it's we already so, talked about how so much I hate true, that. It's so true, though. It's so true. It's a, it is a thing. It's important to get that that road win. Sure, but you know, in Game Seven, if the away team wins, it the, is the series over. Is the series just it started, started and over at the same Whatever. time? Whatever. Yeah. Simultaneous. So miss me with that. Schroeder's what I cat. what I see is 
um, a 50-point performance, game game four. 50 from Jokic. I think just under 30 from Jamal Murray. And like... Then you have KD and and uh, and Booker on the other end doing thirty six apiece. So it's like, who's more likely to do that? Is it Jokic getting fifty, or is it KD and and and, and Booker getting thirty plus? I think KD and Booker getting thirty plus, yeah. which means it's going to be a lot for me. I think it's going to be a lot harder to replicate what Jokic is doing if nobody else is showing the, up. Compared the games to the that the Suns won, though, they had decent bench contributions. I think they had something like 28 points off the bench or 30 um, last game in game four. We all know the whole... Shame it. We all know the saying that the bench plays better at home. And I think, I think that regardless of what team you're looking at, they both have very strong starting lineups, but their benches for both teams have been kind of their Achilles heel. Yes. Um, and just knowing that the benches usually play better at home and Nuggets have two home games, it makes me feel a little more confident in their ability to just like, even if the bench for the Nuggets every time they're out there goes plus two, right, in their shifts, that's an extra eight-point cushion that the starters of the Nuggets have. So like, I, that's what why I'm thinking leaning nuggets still but i i could easily see like what you're saying with the suns winning what do you feel about uh what happened the other night did you see what happened with the nugget uh the suns owner yeah and, uh, Jokic? I, I, nothing i don't feel anything i think <laughs> i think we've gotten to the point where even the fans are flopping with shit and i know that it was the denver nuggets owner and whatnot but like the like Jokic was just like get off me like a like like a gnat at a barbecue was like yo you're leaning on me you're breathing on me back up and like that man was like oh and then like you hear the, like you see the crowd reacted to that like yo throw him out and it's just like man hey don't grab the ball i don't care if you're the that owner that was a heady play that was a heady yeah, play. Like, that was what a heady play what from the owner? Yeah, he prevented the fast break, and he yeah. also got a got a point don't, for his team. Don't fucking grab the ball if you're a fan. I don't care if you're the owner of the team. Like, like you're you're subject to somebody being like, "Give me the fucking ball," and that's exactly what happened. And then like he 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 went to grab the ball, and then he tried to be like, "No," like he was a player, and I, that's when Jokic was like, "All right, man, like I'm from Serbia, like I can get my brothers to take care of you." <laughs> yeah, his brothers to. are scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's fair. <laughs> that dude, though, that family does not play around. Um, do you have any any last? I don't have anything else on the Nuggets Suns. Uh, do you have anything else on that before we move on? No, I think again, it's uh, I think the winner of Game Five tonight is going to take the series. I think it's that that strong of a of a of a series right now. Uh, whoever's going to either bounce back, being Denver, or just continuously um, show their dominance, which would be Phoenix. I think that's I think that's fair. Game Five's pivotal game in that series. As is this one with the Celtics getting their ass beat, and I can't believe it. Still, uh, I know we, I know this is a Western. I just want to say, the Knicks suck and the Heat suck. <laughs> I, I thoroughly believe both of those teams suck. And I tell, I don't know if I told you before the show or during the show. Even if the Heat were to win the NBA championship this year, I would still walk away saying, the Heat suck. I don't know how this is happening. I mean, if Percival was here, he'd probably uh, be losing his mind. The fact that you were continuously, I mean, you're staying consistent. He knows. He you knows. Said, that you said good. that they were shitty at the beginning, like in the regular season. You said it when they were in the plan, and you're saying it now. So that's fine. I, on the other hand, told you, you do not want to play this team in the playoffs. Look where we're at. Teams that are losing to them. Uh, I still can't believe it. All right, let's, let's, let's go make some money. Let's get to our second to last segment.
We're making some money, baby. DraftKings, FanDuel, even Caesars now. Come at us. We'll sponsor the show. Get on us. Um, I think we're three and four. We took a break last week, mostly because I ran out of money on my <laughs> betting account. All Full disclosure. Uh, but I rallied back, baby. I had a $10 free bet, and I turned it to $200. So we're back. Hey, let's go. That's gambling for you. I, I lose eight straight bets that are like negative 300 that are just like guaranteed odds. And then I win like a crazy one out of nowhere. So we're back, baby. Um, we're going to go basketball, NBA parlay, same game parlay. And I think we had a we had a theme, right? The heat wave, even though I think the heat suck. Uh, I said the Knicks equally suck. So we're going to go with the, the, the heat this week, aren't we? Yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sticking with the uh, the player props or the player bets, and then you can hit the team or the the listeners with your side of things. I'm going with Mr. Timothy Butler. I think he's going to continuously put up numbers. You can lock it in. If I would chuck, I'd say you can guarantee. Uh, I think he's dropping 25 plus on on the Knicks to close out the season. And you said uh, you looked at the the distribution of points before. The podcast, and I think he's hit 25 in every playoff game he's played in. Every single one of them. Not only has it been every single one of them. Let me rip off the numbers for you really quickly because they're like absolutely insane. If you go back to first round series, that was the Bucks, right? Yep. Yeah. So if you go back to the Bucks, and I know he was injured for uh, one of the games against the Knicks, but these are his numbers, and this is why I think 25 plus is good. 35, 25, 30, 56, 42. 25, 28, 27. He's averaging like 37 points in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that, I think it's a pretty good one. It's a negative 220, so we'll, we'll pair that with a few things. Uh, what was your next parlay? Like, we're going four legs. Yeah, this one is um, a little bit tougher, but I think we were doing the the all-out, like, actual double-double for Bam Adebayo. I think uh, Jimmy's going to do his thing when it comes to scoring, and the easier way for Bam to get the double-double is 10 and 10. I think they're going to need that secondary punch to, to put away the Knicks. You know, I think they're at the Garden for the last game of the season, right? I say last game, but I'm pretty sure that that just means they're going to end it. Yeah, they're at the Garden for game five. <laughs> Did that call uh-huh. me? Yeah, they're, yeah. The, they're at the Garden game five. <laughs> Essentially, I think, that, you know, Jimmy's going to do his thing. And if they get that that rob into his Batman uh, performance for Bam, put him away early. It's it's lights out for them, and let's let's get some money on it. Yeah, so we know he's not going to get the assist. That's not going to happen. Um, points, I 10 points should be doable. The rebounds is the tough one. I think you looked at the stats, and it's like a 50-50 shot. It's a coin flip. Mm-hmm. I think half of his games, he's gone over 10, or 10 or more, and then the other half, he hasn't. I will say, like that that's probably our toughest leg. We're taking some shots this week. Uh, why not? Um, my two legs, I'm not going points or I'm not going props. I'm going more game props. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. the actual um, numbers right now, the odds. So my first one, I want to, I'm going to fade the Knicks because we're going to go with the heat um, overall. Like we're, we're feeling the heat and uh, I'm going to go under 111.5. So if they score 111 or less, we win that leg. Uh, we looked up the heat Knicks uh, total points for the, you know, the total points for Knicks in the series. They haven't gone over that number once. Right. Um, oh, no, they, they did. They, over 111 or just 111? Over 111. Okay, yeah, you're right. They haven't gone over one, so I picked like a really safe one, and I'm pretty sure it's like a decent number. It's minus 210, so I think that's not... That's, that's decent for the odds. We'll take that. And then finally, um, I'm going to take 
the heat. I wasn't sure what I want to do as far as like the spread. Um, I, I took a peek at I don't want to take the money. I mean, we could take the money line, but at this point, it's four legs. We don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because we already have so much skin in the game. Um, I decided to go with plus five and a half. Right now, mm-hmm. as of the recording, the spreads plus three and a half. Um, and, it, you know, I thought about maybe doing four and a half, but the difference between four and a half and five and a half is minuscule. So I'll just take the extra point and give up a, like a dollar just to be a little more safe. Um, so, yeah. I'm taking that at minus 135 right now. So altogether, we're at plus 380. That's a pretty hefty parlay. I think those are all doable legs as long as the Heat win. I mean, if, if the Knicks come out and, you know, do it, take care of business, which they shouldn't, they should try not to be embarrassed. <laughs> um, but they've been so bad all series that I, I don't feel confident betting with the Knicks at all. No, I don't blame you, and I think it's a. I think this whole thing is uh, is setting up for what we think is going to be. I wasn't going to use the word embarrassment, but I think it's just going to be a controlled win. You know, Coach Spo is is got Coach Tibbs on his on his last legs of being a coach in the NBA. We may not see him return after this type of performance. Um, I could see them letting him go. Honestly, if you lose to this shit ass Heat team, <laughs> you should lose your job. Look at Coach Bud. <laughs> Yeah, he's gone. He's definitely gone because of it. When hey. the Heat beat Doc Rivers or Mazzullo next round, they'll be fired. When the Heat win the championship, whoever's on the coach on the side, fire everyone. That's, that's, Everybody that's the that loses to, to the Heat, the coach is just fired. Absolutely. That's how you know the team's bad when you fire the coach when you lose to him. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just thinking to myself, man. If if the 76ers end up, I'm going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's 76ers, Miami Heat. Oh, Jimmy Butler is going to tear. Oh them my apart. God! I forgot about that. They cast him away to keep Tobias Harris. Oh, that is. Am- I want that. I want that bad. Now that you just said that, I forgot. Yeah, you pencil the Heat for Oof. the finals if that happens as a matchup, because Jimmy will die if he doesn't score fifty each. Yeah. he will literally stay on the floor and and make it so they get he gets fifty. Either way, as long as Miami advances, the the storyline will be juicy because you'll have either a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals, or you'll have Jimmy versus the Philadelphia 76ers who cast him away. There's more meat on the bone with it being Philly versus Miami. That is that is the bigger match. We already seen Miami in, in Boston. We we saw the Heat take it. I uh, we saw with the Heat take it in the bubble, but the Celtics take it in in the um in last year. I'm excited, man. Let's close this thing out. The show is coming to an end, but first it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. It's that time of the show where we get to get the last things out. We talked all NBA today, so I'm sure there are things outside of basketball that are on your mind that you saw maybe as a story. I'll kick us off. I don't know if you were prepared for this. Um, I am. Okay. Do you want to go with dead horses or racism? Wow. What a... I mean, go dead horses on this one because I don't want to go down a dark road with the racism one. 
Okay, dead horses. That you so dead horses is not is not a dark alley. Not as much as the racism part, but let's see where this goes. Um, yeah, man, dude. I don't know if you saw what happened with the Derby, Kentucky Derby, this past weekend, um, mm-hmm. and Churchill Down in general. Um, they had five horses had to be put down during that week. Two on the Derby day because they broke their leg or they had irreparable leg injuries. Um, it's a combination of riders riding them too hard. Basically, like if it gets sloppy or if the, if the ground's not stable, there are certain turns you can take with a horse that are safe. Um, it's just riders trying to be overly aggressive and win the race and take turns they shouldn't, and the horse snaps part of their leg, and they take them to the back and make glue out of them. Uh, so yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, the horse horse racing needs some some regulation because they also had a bunch of horses that got kicked out for doping. So like, it's just horse racing's bananas, dude. And I was listen. Last thing about Vegas, I was at the <laughs> at the sports book um, watching the horse races on the Derby Day with all the degenerates. Mm-hmm. First of all, man, I had never seen people chain smoke cigarettes as fast as I did at that sports book. Secondly, though. Um, yeah, man, like, I don't think the people who actually bet or, like, care about horse racing even care about this happening because they're just like, man, this fucking horse lost me lost the money. money. Yeah, yeah, they didn't care. So someone's got to clean up a little the horse racing thing. Uh, you didn't want the racism thing. Uh, I would just say, I would just, just say this. The uh, Oakland A's uh, commentator was put on suspension. Oh, yeah, I already heard about that one, which is, yeah, I'm glad, yeah. They, we they, don't need to. They took a trip to the Negro League Museum, and uh, I would just say this. He didn't call it the Negro League Museum. Sure didn't. You and can take a co- guess at what he called yeah. it. His co-host didn't even have any... I, again, I don't want to go down that dark road, but yeah, that was that was clear as day. Um, but that is actually How really do you only get suspended for that, by the way? They, they relieved him of his duties Oh, they relieved the him? Okay, they, for the He's season. not fired. He's just, he's hey, you won't be on air for, for a while. How do you make that um, mistake? You Like, that's not a mistake you make. Like No, he said it so clean that it made it seem like it's an everyday thing. Again, I don't want to go down that road. You, 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 you love baseball. Like, you are a commentator. You know what the museum's called. You know what the league was called. I, that's all I'm going to say. Sorry. Supposedly, supposedly. Buff, what's good, man? I appreciate you jumping in. Uh, we're about to head out, too, which is tough. So I mean, sad. you cut us right at the very end. Um, uh, also, by the way, I can't believe you didn't go to to see the trumpet guy, Jimmy Trumpet, or what's his name? Timmy Trumpet, man. Timmy Trumpet. Like, I know. We, we have this segment, and you didn't even go see him. Um, yeah, we, he, I'm that sorry, Steve dope. Buff. You already missed the Knicks. <laughs> we're about to end it. Good thing you missed it. Yeah, uh, but hey, zero, do, zero kind words were said about the Knicks today. If uh, if you get a chance, you know we're gonna be back up. the uh, the The podcast will be live tomorrow, so you can you know, definitely recap it and pull up your opinions and suggestions and whatnot on our Facebook page. My closing take is actually really quickly. You said you didn't want to go the basketball route. I am gonna go the basketball route, but it's not NBA. Um, big sh- uh, shout out and kudos to Bronny James Jr. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love the fact that he's not only just going to USC, go Trojans for him, but he is projected the bag for the NIL. Like, the of most course. expensive yeah. in the history. Granted, it's very short, but like over five mil? Ridiculous. Like, A, the James family continues to win. I don't know if the timeline will line up because I think right now he's like late to first round, early second round pick. If he does enter the draft, yeah. he gets drafted because of his name. 
Mm-hmm. So if he goes to the, you know, USC has a decent year and he wants to come back to try to win the next year, like that lineup, I mean, that that timeline with him playing with his dad, I don't know if LeBron's going to be around when he's 40, you know what I'm saying? 40, 41. So like that's that's going to be tough. He'll be, he'll be but, like in the UD role. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Just kind of like GMing from the from the bench. But I, I you know, kudos to it. I, I may have my, my grievances or like my issues, not even issues. I have my would say battles with LeBron James, even though he's on the Lakers team, me being a Kobe fan, but I got no animosity with the son. And I think him, I think Bryce and Bronny, they got a bright future. So I'm happy for him, you know, not only going to USC, but potentially securing a huge bag with the NIL. You said he had the biggest NIL deal ever. Hasn't Ooh. been signed yet. It's just projected. Okay. I would say because he's, he's still technically in high school. <laughs> NIL is pretty new, like two years, I think, or something like that. Who do you think would have had the biggest NIL deal of all time if it was available? I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. I would I would guess Zion yeah. just because he's like, I, for me, like a, he's the biggest college athlete I could remember as far as a basketball player. I know like there's probably football players that were bigger, but like football players don't get paid like basketball players. That was Zion. It's a 100% Zion Williamson. He was known globally when he was like 14 years yeah. old. Like people in China, obviously with YouTube and 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 TikTok and and the Instagram social medias, like he was known internationally, globally wise, uh, when he was a teenager. So yeah, he would have he would have secured like NBA contract money if the NIL was available back then. It's crazy. It's a bummer, Buffalo. You're here a little bit late. Catch us next <laughs> Tuesday. Just we'll talk. We'll talk about how your Knicks got lost in five. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, when we come back, it's going to be a tough one when we know that it was, you know, not the season that y'all wanted, but it's the season that you deserve. Hey, I've been saying this whole time, man, the Heat suck. So if the Knicks come back, I'm going to be like, told you so. <laughs> yeah, so. easy for you to say now. All right, D, get us out of here, buddy. All right, man. Well, I appreciate y'all that were able to tune in. As we say, hit us up on all of our socials. You got us on Facebook. You got us on Twitter. You can find us on our webpage. Anything to try to promote this place, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, anything that you can find our podcast on. It does help. You know, please like, subscribe, review, anything and everything is all much and greatly appreciated. As we say, when we're dipping up out of here, please y'all take care of y'all mentals. Please take care of y'all physicals. Make sure y'all take care of y'all chicken, y'all cheering. More importantly, I appreciate y'all that were involved with the GBA Olympics. This $200 controller is a credit to you guys letting Carolina win the championship last week. You won? You won? (laughs) Yes, sir, baby. Hell yeah.